Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 192. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's going on, buddy? Not nothing for me, but happy birthday to you, my friend. Here's here's a toast to you. It's not whiskey. I don't have any whiskey in the house apparently. Oh, so I'm drinking Grand Marnier. So hurrah! Okay, it's like a liqueur. Oh, there you go. I'm gonna join oh. you. I have a little spiked seltzer tonight. I'm going truly. Uh, I just got home from work, so I wasn't. I don't know. Wasn't in a whiskey mood. I'm usually a whiskey guy, but just going with a spiked seltzer. Yeah, I am now one year away from becoming a UFA. Uh, I'm in the back half of my 20s, which is a little scary. Uh, now I surpassed 25. I'm in the second half of the 20s. It's uh, no, a little scary, Mitch. It's a contract year, buddy. You better pick it up, all right? I, I know. This is big for me. We we No more RFA years. I, I'm hitting like the real deal free agency next year. It's big. Yeah. I thought it was going to be – I don't know why, but I thought – I know you're turning 26, and I thought today was the 26th. Rude awakening for Mitch today when I saw I was like, hey, it's Matt's champagne birthday. And I was like, nope, we're five days away from the 26th, my friend. <laughs> Amazing. Love that. So, yeah, it was uh, – It was. A, I worked today, but I am doing two of my favorite things. One, having a drink with a good friend, and two, talking about the New York Islanders. Before we get to the New York Islanders, though, we have to uh, talk about our sponsor, which is Mindful Health LLC. So this podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Food lines, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something good for your body. Love it. The chocolate and doing something good? Sign me up. Done. We start with 100% organic cow beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's good for you, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, oh, that has my mouth watering already, cinnamon and black pepper for the perfect blend uh, to make you feel the best you ever have. The result... Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it's friendly to paleo, gluten-free like you, my friend. Let's go. Keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. When I went vegan, this would have been uh, helpful, but I lasted two weeks. Cheese pizza killed me. I couldn't give up cheese pizza. No. 
For the last eight years, we have been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. We are offering up to 15% off when you use code MINUTE15 at earthechofoods.com slash minutemedia. So that's earthechofoods.com slash minutemedia using promo code MINUTE15 to get your own. Whenever you buy whatever they, they're, they're selling, for this specifically, they're talking about a chocolate mix to make a like a smoothie type of mix, a drink. Uh, that sounds, one, incredibly tasty, two, incredibly healthy. I'm in on both. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm super down. The fact that they got the Himalayan sea salt in there, I'm already oh, sold. That sounds... Big salt guy. Oh, I love salt. I know it's awful for you, but got to love salt. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's get into it, Mitch. We have a lot to get to, and the Islanders have a gigantic, cannot stress it enough, gigantic series coming up. Three games against the Washington Capitals. As it stands, as we're recording this today, both teams have 62 points at the top of the division. Like, this is this will probably decide who is coming in first in the division. There's a very good chance that this how this plays out will decide who comes in first in the division. Yeah, because once it's done, there are seven games left on the season. That's it. Yeah, that went quick too. By the way, that's true. Well, that's what happens when it's 56 games. I guess, awesome and true. like you have like, no breaks at all. <laughs> it's like every right? day. The only the only other break they had outside of this three day one that's of any consequence happened because Buffalo caught COVID from New Jersey. That's right. That's it. Yeah, good point. So, I, I for the Patreon, so shameless plug, patreon.com slash eyes on Isles to get all your Islander recaps, uh, chats, discussions, predictions, so on and so forth. For that, I do a, a weekly, what I call back check, forecheck. That wasn't something I came up with. It's something a patron came up with. Uh, I believe it's D-Pins. Uh, Thank you for that. Uh, anyways, and, and that's a look back at last week and look forward to this week. So we looked at this week and the Washington capitals and how the islanders have played against them throughout the series i'm going to read you off the tail of the tape and you tell me what stands out the most all right okay the record for the islanders against the washington capitals this season and this season only two three and oh goals for three goals against 3.20 power play 16.7 percent penalty kill 50 (laughs) percent shots on goal 31.6 shots against 26.6 what stands out there? Um, I'm going to say the three goals scored. That seems very off for this team. No, the 50% <laughs> on the penalty kill is a huge red flag, Mitch. Like, <laughs> screaming red flag. As you're going through, I'm like, okay, like all these seem to make sense. 50% on the PK, not going to cut it. And unfortunately, it seems the Washington Capitals have figured out that if you bother Matthew Barzell, he is going to do something stupid. Or if you bother Scott Mayfield, he is going to do something stupid. And guess what? More often than not, the Islanders find themselves in the box. And as we know, painfully, the Washington Capitals have a phenomenal power play. And they take advantage. Nail on the head multiple times. They've done it since the playoffs. And we've said it multiple times already. It's not even a Peter Laviolette thing anymore, right? Because no. Peter Laviolette wasn't there in the playoffs. Like, they know how to disrupt the Islanders and get under their skin, and they do it, and they... My God, we why do we got, fall for this every dumb time? We've played them five times now. This year, going into game number six, we played them five times in the playoffs. That's ten times over the last, what is it, seven, eight months? Figure it out, boys. Don't take dumb penalties. No, and it's like very clear what they're trying to do. They are trying to get under the Islanders' skin. 
and it works. But wouldn't you think at the same time, like, if it's so obvious to us, wouldn't you figure Barry'd be like, hey, can we calm down, please? Like, can we just take it down a notch? I think he has. Like, I'm sure. He, he talks about often, I think against the Rangers even, they mentioned in the, on the broadcast that Barry had his arm over um, over Matthew Barzell to, like, chill him out a bit. Um and it doesn't work against the Capitals. It just doesn't. Hey, look, it's never worked for Matthew Barzell, right? Taking playing the puck in the penalty box. That was against the Capitals. That's true. Wow, you're right. That is true. So like he's always had this thing for the Capitals, and then the penalty, like uh, sorry, the puck in the box thing, that was uh, starstruck. He said it himself. Yep. That isn't the case anymore. You can no longer be starstruck. I, I get that Alexander Ovechkin is, is a great player, of course, and, and you idolize him who wouldn't Legend. Um, but you've got to figure it out like you're you're, you're four now you've got to figure this out I know. he's not going anywhere no and, and that's just the thing like it can't be the same thing over and over and over again and that's kind of how i feel with like we could say the same thing with anthony bovillier because they both came up at the same time same draft class same age and something that has plagued both of them is with Barzal. It's it's the the sometimes getting in the habits of the taking dumb penalties, and you're just like you're you're just too hot under the collar. Can you relax a little? And with Beauvillier, he is just massively streaky for five years in a row now. He is so up and down, and you can't figure out what this guy is. So at some point, you have to change that in both of them. And Barzal's is probably I was going to say they're both fixable, but Barzal's is probably a little bit more fixable because that's that's strictly a mental thing with Beauvillier maybe there's some a mental aspect involved of the streakiness but not say not getting frustrated and hitting someone with a stick seems like something that can be worked on within what like six minutes of the game was it yeah I mean it was just like how can we possibly be this bothered and this mentally rattled right away yeah, I, I don't get that either. So I, I was tippy-tapping away there because I'm trying to look. All I can think about is Evgeny Malkin, right? Superstar level player, easily rocked, right? And by rocked, I mean like you can get under his collar and you can get under his head and under his or in his head by getting under his skin and getting him off his game. And I'm trying to look at his penalty minutes and like they have gone down over the last little bit. Like he's been trending towards the 80s. Actually, they haven't really. I'm that was that was not at all true. Like he he's got a couple years here between 2012 and uh, what is it 2016, where he's going like 30, 60, 65 penalty minutes, and you're going, all right, that's kind of high, but it's not as high as let's say 80 or 100 penalty minutes that he took in 2009, 2010, right? Like keeping him out of the box is important, and it seems that the Penguins have been able to kind of lower him into the 70 penalty minutes a year range uh matthew barzell right now is trending towards even more than that right he's got like 38 penalty minutes on the year yeah in, 38 penalty minutes in, his his high is sorry that's not true 42 penalty minutes his season high or career high is 46 okay so 40 he's got 42 and 46 games then yes okay can we do quick math and see what that is paced out over 82 we can absolutely do that. 42 divided by 46 times 82, 74.8. So round that up to 75. That's too high. 
that's way too high. Right? That's almost maybe not double, but it, it is getting close basically, to double territory. It's from his career high, right? Could, what'd you say his career high was? Thirty six. Forty six. Oh, forty six. Okay. Yeah. That. No, not good. No, that that has to change, right? Like, you you can't. Of course, he's got a ten minute major, or not a major, but game misconduct. Right. So that's not helping already. Uh, and he probably shouldn't deserve uh, earn that one, but it is what it is. But you're right. Like that is certainly more fixable than saying like, "Hey, Bo, can you stop being streaky?" Oh, okay, la coach Valfire. Like it doesn't like it doesn't flip like that. It's right. not like here's some poutine, Bo. Oh, cool. I'm having more fun now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Even though we wish it was maybe that easy, but that's the thing, and that to me is my biggest fear, I guess, when looking at this Washington Capitals team, because, I mean, obviously they matched up well against them in the playoffs last year. The The rosters haven't changed dramatically one way. Well, I mean, they did make that trade at the deadline. Uh, both teams made moves at the deadline, but I would say they're, they're both atop the division. Like, these are both two very good teams, which ha- my, that hasn't changed. I thought the same thing last year as well. So they shouldn't be putting themselves in this position where they are taking penalties because as we clearly see by the numbers you so greatly laid out there for us, that is the massive outlier. Everything else seems pretty on par for where the Islanders usually are, except for maybe the goals against, but that probably has to do with taking a bajillion penalties. That certainly doesn't help things. Uh, The power play uh, percentage at 16.7 is low, but I, I don't blame you for not batting an eye on that because they haven't necessarily been good uh, in, in on the play on the power play all year long, right? Like they, it just hasn't been a thing. They have that one little stretch after that COVID break we mentioned earlier where they were on fire, and then for some reason they forgot whatever the hell they were doing at that point. Yeah, exactly. It, it just seemed like the light switch went off, and they just have not been able to find it ever since. Um, so the 16, that number wasn't really even that it's bad, but it wasn't jarring for me, but the, the 50 is what really jumped out. Yeah. That that's the one that jumps out because like you said, it's not only jumping out because like, oh man, that's low. It's because you could immediately attach a narrative to that. That sticks, right? Like, like you rightfully pointed out, they rattle our cage, they get under our skin and then they get on the power play and they win. Just by looking at that number, you've now filled all the, the entire gap of the story that is the New York Islanders against the, the Washington Capitals, and that has to change. That one there, that one number, just needs to tick upwards. When you t- look at any other team that they play against this year, it's not even close. They have like 94% efficiency on the penalty kill against the Rangers, for example. They are a great team on the power play, of but they, they don't seem to have a problem. But when it comes to the Washington Capitals, forget about it. Something that has me feeling good going into this three-game set is that both goalies are playing tremendous right now. So that, I think, would help mitigate some of those issues if the penalties continue to go up or or stay where they were, rather. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that's the case for the Washington Capitals. I'm just trying to bring it up here. Uh, Last five games for Samsonov, 750, 897, 875, and 867 win against the Philadelphia Flyers, whatever, and an 880 save percentage. Like those wow. are his last five games. Things and goals against six, four, four, one, three. Things are not going well for Ilya no. Samsonov in net. No, absolutely not. That's that's brutal. So he's still winning though, right? Like they won three of those five games. But they're only winning because their team can score goals, which is obviously going to happen. Of course. But if we can limit their ability to get on the power play, we have a really good chance. Right. I, I think toe-to-toe, the Islanders can go toe-to-toe with anyone at 5-on-5. Five five. It's when they do stupid things to themselves. 
Yeah, which Barry Trotz knows, right? And it, that's the, the extra maddening part here is that, like, you've got the guy who was there who figured it out for them now on our bench, and it's like, this guy, I don't know, guys. I, I don't know that Ovi's going to take that slapper from there. I don't know how to stop it, even though I helped design that being more effective. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's frustrating, but I do, like you said, if Samsonov is pitching those numbers against the Islanders, I think they're probably winning more times than they're losing just because they're not going to be letting in four, five, six goals. It's very, very rare that they do that. Maybe they'll have a clunker in the three games, but more likely than not, they'll be holding an opponent to three goals or less. Right. And so now it may not be that he's in net either. Like Vitek Vanacek has been playing very well over the year, but recently that hasn't been the case, right? Like you look at his last five games, 9-7-4, great. Great. 9-0-9, not so good. 9-7-1, and then his last two, 8-10-8-15. Yeah, so you have two very good, one okay, and two bad. Right, like one, three, one, four, five. Those are goals against over his last five. And that's trending towards today, right? Like the Mm -hmm. first one I read was April 16th. The last one was April 18th. Like things aren't going well for them in nets either. They're getting bailed out hard by their ability to put up enough goals. Right. But on a defensive tough team like or a defensive minded team like the Islanders, that might not be the case. Exactly. So... I guess it's a good thing that the Islanders offense kind of found themselves a little bit against the Rangers, uh, putting up six on Tuesday night. So hopefully that continues. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to put up six goals. That's just ridiculous. They're not built that way. But if the offense could just be competent because for what, like the week, the last week and a half before that, the offense was dead. Then that, yeah, they had like one five on five goal over like seven periods. Yeah, it was brutal. So if they could just be competent offensively and not kill themselves and put by putting you know themselves in, in bad positions like taking dumb penalties then i think they have a very good chance to take you know maybe two out of these three yeah i i, I would favor them for two three just with the way that they they're going into this matchup now um so but we'll see again like the penalty and the power play is sorry the the them being playing a disciplined game is going to change the outcome of this entire thing. Of course, that to me is the biggest key, and we hit on that a lot in this segment. But that's what stands out the most because, as we said, five on five, this team is is good, very good. the The goalie play has been phenomenal. They just have to be like semi consistent offensively. They can't be anemic like they were for a week and a half, and they should probably be okay. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So with that, shall we get into some of the lineups now maybe and talk about how Barry's changed that around a little bit? Absolutely. Um, which one do you want to start with? Uh, that's that's a good one. I guess we can start... Let's start up top and talk about the different rotations that been, that's been going on uh, with Matthew Barzal. So he's, he's kind of been playing with uh, Travis Zajac, uh, who has taken some center responsibility. So that's been a little bit different, I guess, for, for Barzal, who usually is more so of uh, the, the center on the on these lines. But um, what what's your take overall on how that's worked so far? Um, well, when I look at the numbers, they have 32 minutes of time on ice over six games. Corsi's 50%, expected goals four at 52.7, scoring chances 40, high danger chances 44. Those are all percentages. 
it's not great, right? Like that's supposed to be your top line. When Matthew Barzell and Jordan Eberle are away from Travis Zajac, so having anyone else there, that includes Anders Lee, mind you. Uh, there's 438 uh, minutes of time uh, time on ice, 56% Corsi four. 58% shots for, expected goals for, 62, scoring chances, 58, high danger, 67. Like, there's a clear, oh, what I want to say here, like, there's a clear difference when Travis Zajac is there and when he isn't. Uh, and this isn't necessarily to say, like, Travis Zajac is the problem. It's not really, uh, but it's clearly not working, and something needs to change there. What would your change be? Does, is it Kyle Palmieri up there? <sighs> I want to, but I know Barry Trotz isn't going to do it because he would have done it by now. He's not going to do it. it he thinks he, he he thinks, rightfully so, because he's an NHL coach with the Stanley Cup ring. He feels that he needs that kind of like crash and bang type of player to play along Matthew Barzell to open up space. I don't necessarily think so because you've got a guy in Matthew Barzell who already opens up a ton of space. You need a guy to take advantage of that space to then draw a defender away. Because you, you put Leo Komarov out there, they go like, cool, we're not even going to cover him. We don't care what he's doing. We're going to put two guys at Matthew Barzal. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He walked into the slot and didn't take a shot the other night. He passed to the point instead. <laughs> like, no, you're cool. <laughs> it was so stupid. I, I don't understand. You're right there, Leo. I know maybe it's not like super high danger opportunity and maybe you don't have the clearest shot, but you're you're in a high danger area. You don't send it back. When all of these bodies are getting it, you, God, Jesus, Murphy, well put. Absolutely good. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, no, totally. So I, I think I agree with you as much as I would love to put Kyle Palmieri up there. I don't think that's going to change. I think they're going to continue to roll with Travis Zajac uh, up there. But I will say, I really thought, and I know it was only one game, but I did think the reunion of Bo Nelson and Bailey went very, very well. 100 percent like it, it has gone very well like they don't have a lot of time on ice together i'm just trying to bring it up of course the time on ice that i'm, I'm talking about here is all five on five and this is all thanks to natural statric uh why am i blanking on who's next i'm missing josh bailey uh winner of the josh fight although that's only in three days so he's still got time to get geared up for that what is this what you wh- what rock have you lived under the, is, is there a rock on top of Hempstead or like entire Nassau County right now? The Josh fight? Yes. Okay. So this isn't an, an internet thing where like this one guy found a bunch of Joshes, okay. sent them a message saying we meet here on this day and fight and whoever wins gets to be called Josh. Everyone else has to change their name. And that's in uh, three days. Oh, so that's why I've seen a bunch of memes with like Josh's going around, but I didn't understand yes. the context. Okay. I do know something. Another April 24th thing that would just gonna not talk about because that's awful 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 okay yeah let's not go there um so back to the the our josh that is josh bailey they have 15 minutes of ice time together over 33 games played uh that's this year uh corsi for 54 shots for 61 expected goals for 81 scoring chances 72 high danger 100 okay there you go. That that is a good offensive line. That yeah. is a good line that's going to put you. That's going to generate something. Of course, again, fifteen and fifteen minutes and fifty eight seconds of time on ice. That's not a lot. No, 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 no. Of course, it, it isn't. It is not a lot. But you would think that when those three guys are playing to their potential, because we know that 
especially well i was gonna say two out of the three but really three out of the three are very streaky players yeah and you mix that together and you you get kind of like because barry trot said something the interesting uh, again in the post game after the rangers game where he's talking about how like essentially his philosophy and the three elements that he's looking for when it comes to line matching and he's got like essentially skill intelligence and physicality right and you have most of that there you've got the skill of uh, anthony beauvillier you've got the intelligence of josh bailey and then like the physicality i'm saying with with jean-gabriel pajot it's like the sheer determination the heart and guts if you will is jean-gabriel pajot in the line mind you like it's not just like a leo komarov hearts and guts it's that plus skill so you've got skill skill and hearts and guts and then intelligence you've got the making of a good line there yeah i would tend to agree with you on that um and Peugeot is he can do a little bit of everything so that's why that's like super exciting to see and so it worked against the rangers right like that's most of their ice time here in the 1558 that i'm quoting comes against the rangers uh i i'm just wondering like if i do a game log thank god for natural stature where i can find this stuff out like to see where they, they've got most of their ice time like a lot of it is a couple of seconds here, a couple of seconds there. They got a minute against the Bruins in a seven-two win, so obviously that's going to boost their numbers, right? Um, and, and then seconds, seconds, seconds until it gets down to ten minutes and four seconds against the Rangers last night. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so that obviously makes a little bit more of a mark the ten minutes there. Um, but let's just say this: the two games that they had a lot of ice time together, the Islanders won seven-two and six-one. Just saying. So you're saying that they should do more of that? Yeah, they they will punk the rest of the NHL for the 10 games and then win the Stanley Cup on that line alone. Perfect. Love that. Um, What about, obviously we know the fourth line is going to stay the same except for like Cal Clutterbuck's out right now and Leo Komarov has stepped in and he's been fine. Actually, do you want to talk about Leo Komarov on that line maybe a little bit briefly? Perfect. That's the perfect place for him. If you're going to play Leo Komarov, put him on the thir- on the fourth line. You said it before, right? Yes, I, 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 Leo Komarov on a fourth line, fine. Anything more than that, I do not care for. Um, and to me, and I, who was it? Ramsey who tweeted that at us? Patreon. Maybe? I believe so. Yes, yes, he was Ramsey. Okay, he wanted so, us to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I said to him, and I'll say it again on the podcast. To me, him and Kyle Clutterbuck are the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. I'm like, I'm okay with either one of those guys in that spot with Clutterbuck out and Leo there. I think that that's fine. That line can still work. It's like multiverse Spider-Man. They are Spider-Man, but they're different kind of Spider-Man, right? Like they do things differently, although they're the same. Yeah, that, that yes, they do things differently, but to get to the same place. Right. Like I think you mentioned like he's not going to go being Leo Komarov, that is going to go and put up like 300 hits over the year. No. But he'll go and he'll get under someone else's skin uh, and, and that'll be just as effective. He'll still use his body. He'll still do that. But it won't be to this. It won't be a human battering ram. It's going to be more like, you know, cut by th- or death by a thousand cuts. Yes, exactly. So still getting to the same point in the agitator role, just doing it in different ways. Yeah, just like lame uncle jokes left, right and center. That's all he's <laughs> laying out there. Just irritating people like, oh, I heard that one already. <laughs> Bare- barely working or oh, it's Mondays, right? Um, just, oh, God, oh, I hate this so much. <laughs> Damn you, Leo. Uh, my last thing for you on the lines, and then we can get into anything else you want to talk about lines. Um, how do you get Oliver Wallstrom back into the lineup? That's tough. Because um, you're right. you got your top line now is going to be, well, we haven't figured out what to do with our top line. We essentially got to the point where you're not putting Travis Ajak up there. 
But the only other option is putting Leo Komarov because we know what Barry Trotz wants to do. So I guess we're, we've talked ourselves into Travis Ajak then? Yes, correct. Okay. Then your second line is going to be, let's say, Bo, um, Bo Pajot, and Bailey, right? Okay. And then your third line, I guess that's where you put him in. Uh, and you have, I suppose, Kyle Palmieri on the left, Brock Nelson, Oliver Wallstrom. I can get by. I can get by with that. The only thing why I'm hesitant is as I'm going, who's taking the shots? You got three guys that are volume shooters on the same line. That's like putting. Uh, I'm not much into basketball, but I know a little bit of basketball. But like, um, well, not enough. Apparently, I forgot his name. God, jeez, the guy who could like finish the season averaging a triple double. James Harden. Russell. Well, it wasn't uh, him. Russell Westbrook. Yes, you put Russell Westbrook and I can't even pronounce his name properly and Kevin Harden on the same team and whatever else volume <laughs> shooter you want. It just doesn't work. And they tried that, right? They ended up on the same team and it still didn't work. You said Kevin Hart. Did I really? <laughs> James Harden. Yes, sorry. They I were don't know on the why. Same I don't know why I said Kevin Hart. That, <laughs> that was, was really close really to what I was funny. thinking. That was so funny. Oh my I God. even had James Harden's face in my mind with the big beard and everything. Oh, yeah. Clearly, you, I don't understand basketball very well, but I know that putting them together doesn't work, work because there's only one ball, and in hockey, there's only one puck. Who's taking the shots? Okay, how about what if we do some manipulation and slot Bailey down a line and Oliver Wallstrom up a line? I'm all I'm all okay with that. It's and it that has worked, right? The Beauvillier Peugeot Wallstrom line has worked in the past. Mm-hmm. So why not? Actually, I could bring up these numbers while I'm here. Uh, Peugeot, and then we got Bailey, and then Oliver Wallstrom, and then submit. Uh, not to do the game logs. Come on, Mitch, with or without. Uh, so together they have. That's weird. Oh, whoop! Well, I put Bailey instead of uh, Pe- uh, uh Beauvillier. On. Come on, rookie mistake here. All right, 77 minutes of time on ice. That's five on five. Corsi, 44. Uh, expected goals, 448. Scoring chances, 40. High danger uh, chances, 50. So not very good. <laughs> that is not good. Yeah, not not good, but I guess, I don't know, they passed the eye test numbers. They, they passed the eye. There was a while, right, when, when Oliver Wilson was scoring that this was going well, but the second he started drying up, this started going down south quickly. Um, so I think we've got ourselves a backup Peugeot line is what we've got. Okay. But I think what we're coming to here is that you have to find a way to get Oliver Wallstrom in the lineup. You have to find a way. If that means Michael Del Cole is out, sorry, Michael, you're out. Although I don't trust Trotz to do that. No, 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 no. We, he loves Michael Del Cole. Well, the game he played the other, against the Rangers, it was great. The way he was breaking up passes, he should have had a goal. Oh, my God, that puck should have gone in. Um, but it did. It was just a fraction of an inch too high. That's going to keep him in the lineup another game, I'm sure. I know, but the, my issue is, and like Barry Trotz tried to do the thing where like he 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 dunks on people when he talked about like Leo Komarov, the fantasy hockey line, and then yeah. like the the Leo and Michael Del Cole fans try to do that too, but they have like this one good game, and then that like they ride that for like I don't know a ten game stretch. You could have nine games in a row that are either bad or okay. And then another good game, and it's like, oh, see, you got to have him in the lineup. And I was like, well, what about the other nine games where they're a traffic cone? How about yeah, that? Right. And they're going, well, the analytics don't speak to it. And you're going, I, I know, trust me, I know the analytics don't speak to them, and or not, not don't speak to them, but their analytics aren't very good. 
but that's the problem. When you have a guy up on the top line whose analytics and underlying numbers aren't good, that's a problem because his his ability to generate chances isn't good, but he's playing in a primarily generate chances role. That You can't do that. I understand hearts and guts matter, but like put him in a hearts and guts role then. Yeah, 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 no doubt, which is what we were saying. We're fine with Leo on line four. I'd be fine with Michael Dow Cole on line four, but they're not being put in those roles. They're putting him in middle six roles, which is not good, or top six roles for Leo Komarov at times. And that's just it. And I know, like, people say, well, you're not a coach. You're not an NHL coach. Yes, that is absolutely true. It's just when you look at it, you see it's not really working, and then you look at th- it's just a confirmation bias. Like, you look at everything, you go, like, it just makes sense. It just makes sense not to put him out there in that role for what he brings to the table. Yeah, absolutely. So I just wanted to get some lineup talk in there. Anything else on the lineups you wanted to get into? What about defense briefly? Like, do we ever see Braden Coburn again unless there's an injury? I hope not. I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. As much as like, I think they found out that they've got three guys that they can put in the lineup to play 12 to 15 minutes and Noah Dobson. Thomas Hickey and Braden Coburn and I only lumped Noah Dobson in there because that's what they're doing with him. I think there's there's greater potential in him than that. Yeah, I definitely I definitely think so too uh, on that. But uh, the Green Coburn pairing did not look good. No, it, it was not good. So I would imagine he sticks with those six the rest of the way. Yeah, unless like you said, unless there's an injury. And even then, I feel like it's Dobson six, Hickey seven, Coburn eight. Yeah, I could. Yes, I would agree with that. It, it would surprise me if it would be the other way, specifically with Hickey and Coburn. But I guess we'll see. And or, or hopefully we don't have to see. I agree. I hope hopefully we don't have to see is right. So, right. Let's get into down on the farm. What do you got for us prospect wise this week? Arnaud Girardeau is absolutely killing it right now. Oh, we love that. My man has six points over the last four games at the AHL level for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Um, he was a healthy scratch most of the year. He's only played 10 games this year, wow. but already has seven points. He played 21 games last year and had eight. So just consider this. Like I said, six in four games, he's played a total of 31 games, has 15 points. That means 40% of his production at the AHL level has come over the last four games. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. When you put it like that, that really hits home. Like, wow. Right. Um, again, like this guy wasn't being used in like a top six role. He played in the ECHL most of the year last year. Um, but th- this kid's got something. I'm not going to say he's NHL talent. He's going to make it someday. I hope he does. And he could very well, he might very well do it if he keeps on this pace. Of course. Uh, but so far, so good. He's playing in an offensive role with offensive players and Dimitro Timoshov and Otto Koivula. And it's working. He's playing on the power play. He's a, like he's not a small kid either, right? He's six foot one eighty one, so he's not huge, but he's not small. He's using his size well. He's skating well. He's getting into areas. He's just doing everything right, and it's working, man. It's really working, and it's nice to see. Yeah, no, it definitely is nice to see, and I'm happy to see him finally get that opportunity. That's that's the key part. That's the key part. It seems that they even made room for him, right? They moved out two guys and. Uh, it was Brett Newman and Yannick Tsukut that were uh, loaned to other ECHL teams. And once they did that, that was on the 13th. And since the 13th, that's when he started putting points, right? Okay. Like he played, he hadn't played before the 13th. The last game was on April 2nd. And then he steps in the lineup on the 13th, two points. 15th, nothing. 17th, two points. 20th, two points. 
like the guy is just putting up buckets maybe not buckets but like points since having a solid spot in the lineup so like clearly something's going well with Girondeau yeah totally and that's that's exactly what you want to see so that that's very good news I like to hear that it sucks that it's coming near the end of the year there's only like I think seven games left in the yeah. Sound Tiger season so like oh well um, next, I want to keep on the uh, the AHL because there's sure. a couple of things here. Uh, I don't think that Colin Adams will play for them this year just because of how many games are left. Only seven, that's right. Yeah, so like they have him signed to next year, and they've done this with a few prospects where they've signed them to ATO, so that's AHL trial contracts, mm-hmm. to play this year, to get them in now. They don't end up burning a year off the contract. Um, I don't think that's going to happen just because of how many games are left on the season. It's still possible. I just don't think it's likely. Yeah, I would probably agree with you on that. I would say unlikely. Uh, and I'm kind of edging the same way with Anatoly Golishev. Uh, last I heard or seen, he's still in Russia. Like when you look at his Instagram, he's still out in Russia. Yeah, then how, how is he going to make it back to play seven games? Exactly. Is it even seven? One, two, three, four, five. Sorry, it's five games. Okay, yeah, he's not playing. There's no way. It's, it's, I don't think it's going to happen unless he's now on a flight and over. I know he's trying. It's not like he's dilly-dallying because he doesn't want to play in the AHL. He's just waiting on, on visa stuff, like that the visa isn't getting processed because of, well, in the times we live in right now. Uh, and it's just not getting done quickly enough. So he's got to get that done. Once he gets here, he's going to have to have, I would imagine, a seven-day, ten-day quarantine um, before he gets out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, they don't play till the 24th. So if we're looking at, let's say he lands today, 10 days out, so we're going one, two, three, four, five, that's seven, eight, nine, ten. We're looking at May 1st. They'll have two games left on the year, May 3rd and May 4th. So maybe two games? Maybe. That's if he lands today. Best case scenario, two games. That's right. So I don't think it's happening for Anatoly Golishev at the AHL level. They've loaned him out there. I know that for a fact that he is being loaned to the AHL because they want him to go there. Lewis said as much. I think once the season's done, he's joining the Islanders on on their like expanded taxi squad type of thing. Yeah, probably. That would make sense. So, although we'll see how that goes. I don't know how they're going to be able to bring all these people because then you also have Robin Salo that they're bringing along. So, Although I guess that means Austin Zarnick, peace out. Grant Hutton, goodbye. Although goodbye. I guess he's, yeah, maybe Thomas Hickey, I guess, even at that point. Yeah, maybe Hickey. Although we talked about him being number seven, so. Seven. I don't know. Interesting stuff going ahead. Uh, and last prospect I wanted to bring up was uh, Matthias Rayanemi, who isn't playing right now. I don't know what the heck's going on with him. Uh, I've reached out to the team twice now. They haven't reached out to me, so I'm going to reach out to the player individually now. Uh, and ask him, like, hey, buddy, can you tell me what's going on? Because your team won't tell me. Um, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if they're keeping him out for health reasons. I don't know if, if it's an injury. Usually they, they've told me throughout the year it, when they've kept him out, if it's either injury or if it's a squad rotation. I think they're just sticking with the squad rotation routine, which is fine, but I, I'd like to know. Yeah, that would be that would be good info to know. We just have no idea right now. Just waiting game, I guess. Exactly. Like, this is a 19-year-old prospect. Their team's in the playoffs. The series is tied 1-1 with TPS, who uh, has Russian Lishikov playing with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, like, so maybe they don't want to play him because he's young, he can make mistakes, and, like, things are tight right now. Uh, But they've played him all year, and now all of a sudden, like, sorry, bud, we're going to drop you? That doesn't seem fair. Yeah, it doesn't. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. So... 
that was the last one I really wanted to bring up. Uh, is there anyone that you wanted to to go over? No, I, I'm good with that. Uh, it's good to know what's going on in the AHL. I know it's been a tough year for the Sound Tigers, but uh, excited for Durando to finally be getting some uh, action over there. Yeah, so we'll see what happens in three days if he keeps it up. It, if he doesn't score, don't please, please, people just chill out. But like things are going well for him, so like let's let's keep this up, please. Absolutely. Let's get into the quiz. As we do every week, I have a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, to guess. You have five clues. They get progressively easier as we go along. It is episode 192, so already you know it has something to do with that. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Clue number one. I always say first round pick by the New York Islanders. That's all you get. That could be anybody. All right. Next. That could be a lot of people. Yep. Two. I signed seemingly minutes before the deadline that would have allowed me to re-enter the draft. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's clue two, so they're, they're not yeah, as, as... Next, okay. All right, three. I scored 39 points in my rookie year before eventually becoming a 97-point player after getting traded. 97-point player after getting traded. So his rookie year... 39 points. That was with the Islanders. And then he went somewhere else and he scored 97 points there eventually. I forget exactly what year it was. Okay, next. Four. My nephew currently plays for the Detroit Red Wings. Next. Five. I'm well known for an on-ice incident where I was charged with assault against Steve Moore. I don't know. Todd Bertuzzi. Uh, oh, duh. Bertuzzi should have gave that away. Okay. So, obviously, a much better career after leaving the Islanders. Oh, 100%. Like, uh, that year, he had 46 goals. <laughs> 46! I would take that in a second. 46 goals. That would have been nice to have. Yeah. So, they, they, they hadn't signed him after the draft, and I think it was two years out, and because he's a first-round pick, if you don't sign them within – or I think it's even a year – I think if you don't sign your first round pick after a year, they're allowed to go back into the draft and get redrafted. And the Islanders were like, even if he does, we're taking him with the second overall pick, baby. Which is would have been stupid. awful, right? Yeah, stupid. Um, so yeah, he was he played for the Islanders uh, for three years. I see. Yeah, and then they traded him to Vancouver. Okay, there you go. And twenty third overall pick. Yeah. And then they would have made him a second overall pick afterwards. So stupid. So dumb. But that's it. So Todd Bertuzzi was episode 192 because he has 192 games played with the Islanders. There you go. With that, let's get into some of the social stuff. What's going on around the Isles Twitter, Mitch? My first one here comes from Matt. Not you, but another Matt. There's a lot of Matts around. It's at Space Monkey saying, uh, this is a Butch Goring quote. Al never used to ha- sorry, Albert never had us practice the power play. Never. He would say, if you can't score with an extra guy, my God, let me start over. Al never had us practice the power play. Never. He would say, if you can't score with an extra guy out there, I can't help you. Why can't I say that properly? There's nothing know. tricky in that sentence, but my tongue's like, screw you. Blah. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. Uh, you're like the Islanders on the power play. You just. <clears throat> Can't get it done for some reason. Can't, in, can't in that execute. Spot. But how about that? Like, we're not going to practice it because I trust that if we have 
one extra guy out there, you can get something done with that. You would think. And like, I know coaching has changed since the 1970s going into the 1990s. I know that. Um, you're right. You have zone entry schemes and stuff, but that doesn't seem to work for the Islanders. They don't seem to know what the hell to do on the power play. No, more often than not, only maybe 15 percent of the time. <laughs> I, I think I think it's like 17 or whatever. But yeah, point well taken. Brutal. Uh, my first one comes from Brian Compton, and it says it's really happening, you guys. And it's a picture of the first two seats at Belmont Arena. With an Islanders logo on them, right? That looks that looks beast. I love it. Just think about that. The seats have a logo of the Islanders on it. Now, think of the Barclays Center. I was almost going to call it just the Brooklyn Center, and I know that's not the case. Think of the <laughs> Barclays Center. When you walk into that building, or let alone sit at your seat, forget the fact that there's an Islanders logo on the ice. Like that was that's a given. You don't see anything Islanders related anywhere. Here it is on the seat. That's incredible. Yeah, I like it. And it's a sleek looking seat also. Like it it's black, which I think is perfect. I wouldn't go any other color. Uh but the logo on the side looks nice. It looks cozy. I can't wait to put my tuckus in one. Yes, please. My second one here comes from Alex Panagatis. I think I pronounced that right. I'm sorry. Or Alexis, sorry. I already screwed it up. Oh, boy. Uh, at LPA Panagatis. My, f- screwed that up. Anyways, appreciation tweet for Ilya Sorokin. And it's a picture of Sorokin. Full splits, just oh. like going cross ice trying to stop a puck. And I, my groin shatters looking at that. This is just routine. Him like, I don't know how. I really genuinely don't understand how he is that flexible. To be completely honest with you, I I wouldn't be able to go halfway down to that. I I don't want to even try because it would be embarrassing for me and Ilya Sorokin by just trying to replicate what he's doing there. It's just not. I would never be a good goalie for that and that alone. Absolutely, I'm I'm with you on that. I think uh, my next one comes from the Islanders Twitter account, and it comes after their one nothing win against the Philadelphia Flyers, and it says Isles three stars of the game. And it's a picture. Star one is Ilya Sorokin. Star two is Nick Letty. And star three is Leo Komarov. And if you look under Sorokin, it says why. 30 save shutout. Star two, Nick Letty. Overtime winner. But then star three, Leo Komarov. If you zoom in closely, it says best uncle under Leo Komarov. There's no (laughs) way, unless you want to read the fine print, which you got to zoom way into. There you go. That's incredible. That is excellent social content that is excellent we need more of that please the islanders have to have an identity even when it comes to the social content please yes absolutely not just stock content i think we all appreciate just not it's not even attitude it's just kind of like fun yeah just have a fun a little bit that's cool beauty uh, my last one here comes from Mike Amodio. God, I can't pronounce anyone's name today. I'm sorry, Mike. Mike Amodio PGA is his Twitter handle. Saying Rangers Twitter, dirty hit, dirty hit. Isles Twitter, Truba just got bambied. <laughs> I like that, bambied. Bambied, yeah, he did. His legs were not working very well. And it's true, right? Like, you see a lot of that. Like, what, a, what a dirty hit. That's charging. That's 10-minute game misconduct. And you're going like, it, it's a it's a big hit. And it sucks that Truba seems shaken up by it and it isn't going to be 
playing at least the next game and could be day to day with a, what seems like a concussion. That sucks. But this is full shoulder to shoulder. There's no charging. He let up right like he's he glided into the hit from the face off dot. Like that is not charging. There's no launching. It's a fair and and it's not a dirty hit. They're going to be chanting Martin sucks for the next forty years after this uh, one. Maybe, quite possibly, yeah. Just it's great stuff. It changed the tide of the game. That that oh, hit there changed everything. It sounded like a, for lack of a better, like a gunshot went off when he hit the boards. That's how loud it was. Yeah, and like think about it. He let up. He yeah. let up on the hit. That was Tom Wilson. He'd explode through the glass. Yeah, he would have. Half the boards would have fell down. So like, that was a good hit, a uh, fair hockey hit. It sucks that Truba's injured, but like the the dis- the difference between the the two reactions to the same event is incredible. Yeah, very jarring uh, reactions on one side uh, for sure. Um, so with that, before we go, let's get some plugs in here. So wherever you are listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and review. That really helps us out a lot, and we appreciate all the love and support. You can also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles for $5 a month. You can get a post game show after every single game. You can get a mailbag show, which we're about to record. You can also get a great community of Islanders fans, pregame predictions and a whole lot of fun going on over there. Right, Mitch? Absolutely. Like you said, we're just about to do the mailbag. There are 15 questions to get to. So that's, that's going to be a, a decently sized mailbag today, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, social media, Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could also check out the fan sided app and get our content through there or on the website eyesonisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. And don't forget to go to earthechofoods.com slash minute media. Enter code minute15 to get your chocolate or buy some chocolate mix and get yourself some chocolate drinks. There you go. That's going to do it for us on episode 192. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.